Hey, we just want to say, Janet and I want to say thank you so much for honoring us and spoiling us last week. The, the staff just excelled, didn't they? I want you to give a hand to the staff. Did an incredible job. I don't think we've ever been so spoiled in our lives, and, uh, and that was awesome. That was incredible. We were uh, just... Thank you, Julie. We know when Julie's back. Where's Jim? He's not here today. He's online, probably. Good on you, Julie. No, we felt humbled and spoiled, incredibly humbled and spoiled, and the staff just excelled all month long, and it's not finished yet, um, and we're, we'll be happy when it is, because uh, we just have to watch kilos. You guys are killing us. Hey, today's a special day in the life of victory. You know, after a quarter of century of leadership, today's about passing that baton on to an amazing couple, Pastors Nate and Rach. And you guys, uh, yeah, you'll get plenty of opportunity today to do that, Um, and I want you to make sure you do and feel free to do so, but it's been a number of years in the making. Back in 2013, we started our very first D group in our home, And, uh, and after the night was over, Janet looked at me and said, do you think they might be the ones to take over from us? And, uh, you know, she saw it before I did, which is usually the way it happens. Saw it long before I did. But I want to say to you, church pastors, Nate and Rachel have been so affirming and honoring throughout this whole time. It's been years of journey. Um, and it has, uh, you know, um, it's not an easy thing to do it like that. You know, it's, the easiest thing to do is just cut and run. And we never want to do that. Uh, not for them, not for us. And, uh, you know, there, there were times where they were still working jobs. Uh, Rach had had the third child and, you know, and working at the church, knowing that things were ramping up and never once complained. I, I think they love their holidays at the end of, it, of the year, but they never once complained. And never once did we feel, did Janet and I feel they were trying to take the church from us. Never was the subtle hint in the office like, so. It's always dangerous when they start with that word, so. How much longer do you think you're going to be coming into the office? Never, never a comment like that or a question like that. They were just so honoring, and, uh, and never did we feel pushed or rushed by the board or by them. And it's been a journey with the board through all this, and, uh, and we're just incredibly thankful for Nate and Rachel. And I want to say that both Janet and I feel blessed and excited to pass on the baton in a healthy and positive way. In the previous stream, now this is after 40 years of pastoring. Um, this is the first time in 40 years, it took 25 years to get to this one, but this is the first time in 40 years because of the previous stream that we had come from. Once you made it clear, hey, we think it's time that God is ready to replace us and to move on, bang, you are cut out of everything. You're not allowed to go to meetings. You're not allowed to give suggestions. All you do is stand up and preach on the Sunday for months until the day is over. And I want to tell you, that is, like, that is worse than a shock. It, it, is, it is a grieving in the worst possible way. Because this is not just a job. We don't just give our notice. We, we give our lives, as I preached several weeks ago. So this is the first time in 40 years we're able to do it like this, and we're excited to do this in this way. Yes, it's been long, but yes, it's been great, and I can say that. Um, I mean, it's been testing at times in my brain, not with a relationship, like, yeah, I've never done this. And, uh, and that's just me processing my brain, which you guys know is weird. Um, but... I need to tell you that we're not stepping aside because we lost our love for the church. 
and we don't believe in the church. Quite the opposite. We're doing this because we do love you. And we do know you're gonna, you need to go forward and you need fresh energy, fresh legs, fresh strength, broad shoulders, and passion to go forward. And, uh, and so that's why we're doing it, because we love you. We don't want to just hang on, hang on, hang on. We want to pass it on. And, and we're not doing this because we're quitting ministry. Listen, I'm telling you, I might be unemployed, but I still got a lot left in me. As a righteous dad said to me coming in, hey, I didn't retire, I just resigned. So, there you go. Listen, we talked about a baton. A runner doesn't pass the baton on because they're quitting. They pass the baton to the next runner because they want to win. If you win, we win. Right? So, I'm going to ask Nate and Rach and Janet to join me on stage. Come on out, out, you guys. Give them a hand. You need room. Well, not yet. Maybe just watch. Yeah, I did well, didn't I? I did well. Now, before I show the scriptures that give a charge, that's a big word, isn't it? A charge. You can take that several ways, like, I'm going to tell you off, or I'm going to charge you up. So let's say, charge you up. That's a good, go with that that's one. That's a good yeah. one. You always say the right thing, Rach. Has she always said the right thing, David? Good answer. You'll have a good lunch. Good answer. So uh, I want to let you know how privileged that, uh, that I feel to be a father in ministry to you guys. Now, I do want to say that is not taking anything away from their, their parents and particularly your fathers. It's not taking anything away from them, and I would never do that. But I feel like it's been, uh, it's been a privilege to just, in ministry, be a, like a dad to you. And, uh, and I, know, I know David has really traveled with you guys uh, through a lot of stuff and will continue to do so. And I'm not here to kind of cut that out or whatever. I'm here to compliment it and to join with David and others to do that and your family to do that. Um, and I know how much they believe in you. You guys are supposed to say, right. <laughs> Mom, right. Do you know why you named him Nate? Do you know what Nate means? It's Hebrew. Nate, Nathaniel. It's Hebrew for he has given. It's short for Jonathan. don't know if you know that, which is Hebrew. Uh, and it means he has given, which is an amazing thing because God has given you not just to your parents, but to his kingdom and the church, which is an amazing thing. So um, I, I kind of want to compliment what you, your family's done, not compete with it. But to pastors Nate and Rach, I want to share scriptures. You're going to have to hang in here with me now because we're getting to it. Uh, I want to share scriptures out of Paul's final writings to Timothy where he gave him, depends on what version you read, a series of charges in both letters again and again and again. And these charges were meant to challenge, encourage, and to spur him on. He wasn't telling him off. He was saying, come on, son, you can do this. Just make sure you do it this way and make sure you do that. And You know, it's like, this is the last time I'm going to get to say this to you. So this, here it comes. And this is what Paul is doing with Timothy. And it's interesting to note that while Paul is writing this, he has entrusted the church, one of his incredible churches, the church at Ephesus, to Timothy to lead. So similar kind of situation, except I'm not finished running the race. I'm not getting my head cut off in a week or two. So... And the deal is this, yeah, the deal is this, Paul trusted Timothy, and Janet and I want to say, we trust you both, and we want you, church, to trust them. They are trustworthy, 
You don't have to be perfect to be trusted. Okay? And Paul believed in Timothy's calling and anointing. And I think we've told you before, we'll say it again publicly, we believe in you. And, uh, and this is why we're doing this. And Paul loved Timothy and thanked God for him. And we love you and thank God for you. You had other choices and you chose this. You chose us. You chose them. They could have easily gone somewhere else because yep, there were options. Right. You're not an option. You're their choice. That's right. And so you're here for this. And so this is my first charge to both of you. If we can put the scripture on screen, 1 Timothy 4.11. Instruct and teach people all that I've taught you. Don't be intimidated by those who are older than you. And I put in brackets, especially me. <laughs> Simply never. Thank you, Rachel. Simply be the example they need, to, uh, to, they need to see by being faithful and true in all that you do. Speak the truth. Live a life of purity and authentic love as you remain strong in your faith. Isn't it interesting? You can't keep others strong if you're not strong. And Paul is saying, it's not your age or length of years that leads. He said, inspire them with your life. I used to get concerned when all of a sudden I had a, a GP who was younger than me. I remember that time in life because always I had a GP who was older and I felt safe because he was older until he made a mistake. Now I've got a GP who used to be a kid singing on our worship team. <laughs> it's like, okay, all right. It's not the length of years. It's the life. And you have the life to show them that God is with you, He is on you, and He has chosen you. Let me keep reading. Verse 13. So until I come, be diligent in devouring the Word of God. Isn't it interesting He didn't say be diligent in teaching, but devouring? Because you can't teach what you don't eat. Devour the Word of God. Be faithful in prayer. Again, not teaching. Get the Word in you. Get prayer out of you to Him, and then you're ready. You can rock and roll. And He says then you'll be ready to teach the believers. So the deal is this. The more you consume the Word and pray, the greater the impact will be in making disciples. Verse 14. Don't minimize the powerful gift that operates in your life. For it was imparted to you by the laying on of ha the hands of elders, and it was activated through the prophecy that they spoke over you. It's not just people putting hands on you, but all of a sudden the prophetic word, the now word, releases that thing so it becomes living and like a sharp two-edged sword. And so people have laid hands on you. So there will be times, and we know we've had this discussion, where we go, oh gosh, I don't know if I can do this. Can I say to you that's a healthy thought? It is a healthy thought. The moment we get so arrogant that, yeah, I got this, I'm all over this, pride comes before a fall. But God gives grace to the humble abundant grace to the humble. And we've had that conversation. And I remember, remember in the D group, Janet saying, Rach, you remember the conversation? God's, God's got a calling ministry on your life. And you said, no, no, he does, not me. <laughs> and it, it was just that timidity. But we have seen you grow in strength and been able to say things and do things that just all of a sudden reveals it to where we're probably talking over stuff and she'll come in and say something. It's, oh, oh yeah, got it. <laughs> Don't ever deny the gift that's in you. This is not his ministry and I'm following. This is our ministry and I'm gifted. Okay? And this is what Paul says. Verse 15. Make all this your constant meditation 
Make it real with your life so everyone can see, I love this, that you are moving forward. And this is why we chose you, because of your incredible ability to move forward constantly. Give careful attention to your spiritual life and every cherished truth that you teach. See, we, we, we wrestle through getting a sermon ready because we're not just presenting something. This isn't just a teaching lesson. This is a cherished truth that changes lives. And he says, for living what you preach will then release even more abundant life inside you and to all those who listen to you. Got one more scripture, and this one is for Nate. This is the charge for Nate, so you can relax. Take a moment. Right? This is encouragement to you, Nate. 1 Timothy 6. Now, I got, I got a few of them out of Timothy, but you, man of God. Now, obviously, he was Timothy. Um, you're Nate, and as I said, I'm sure your parents might have told you through the years what that means. He has given. There would have been many times your mom would have just sat there and gone, God, you've given him to me. He's yours. I'm just a steward of his life. And uh, this is probably a dream for her, I would imagine, you know, uh, knowing that you've stepped into this. But years ago, God gave you to your parents, but today he's giving you to victory in a new way. And I charge you to do this incredibly well. Paul says, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. If you read the context, this is in the first letter. Timothy is leading this incredible church, and all of a sudden people are bombarding him with things that are half-truths or a way of living that might not be consistent with the Bible, or a way of treating people that's not a godly way. And, and they're trying to get him into arguments. And he said, avoid these arguments. They, they don't produce anything. And so he's saying this, Timothy, Nate, there will be those who try to sidetrack you and your beliefs. Don't get caught up in that. Stay true to him and his word. Now, I love this last bit. Fight the good fight of the faith. Now, I've got to ask your mom something. Is he a fighter? Or a lover? Both. That's pretty good. He'll beat you up and then love you. Awesome. I know you're a soccer player and you love the Jets and we didn't pray for the Jets today. I'll let you do that later. But, but um, as I was thinking about this months ago, I knew the handover was coming. I couldn't get off the thing of fighting. Um, I mean, everybody knows I'm a fighter, but um, I think you've got a fight in you. And so my encouragement to you is stir up the fight. And I'm going to give you something in a minute to prophetically show that. He says, fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Now, let me jump down to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Here we go. Verse 1. Timothy, Nate. In the presence of our great God and our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who is destined to judge both the living and the dead by the revelation of his kingdom. So here's the first thing. Do this because there's a judgment coming. Do this because there's a kingdom coming. I solemnly instruct you. I encourage you. I spur you on. Proclaim the word of God and stand upon it no matter what. We live in a day and age, even the spirit-filled churches have these pop sermons, these TED talks, these, these things that wow the people, but they never save and grow the people. Now, I'm not, I don't want to cast aspersions on anybody, but I'm saying to you, there is nothing that changes lives but the word of God. That's right. Okay. Preach the word. Stand upon it no matter what. I love this. Rise to the occasion and preach when it is convenient and when it is not. <laughs> when it is popular and when it is not. Preach in the full expression of the Holy Spirit. You are a man of the Spirit. 
from the beginning that yep. you came to this church. Yep. You're a man who had a sensitivity to the Spirit. And I believe that's going to increase on you. Because the Spirit is the author of the Word. With wisdom, patience, as you instruct and teach. Pete, where are you, bud? So months ago, Nate, months ago, um, I, I'm giving you the care of the church, and we talked about a baton all along. I didn't buy a baton. That'd be a pretty big baton. <laughs> like, pass that thing on. Um, no, I didn't get a baton, but you might remember, it might have even been over a year ago, I said, hey, mate, when we do this day, what would you like? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. What was it? A sword. <laughs> so, it was that moment that Holy Spirit started kind of talking to me about, he's a fighter, and he's going to use the word, and he's going to win battles for the kingdom of God. And I couldn't think of a greater prophetic image to get you than a sword. So Pete and I went online, and we searched and searched to find you an incredible sword. Sorry? Did we get it through customs? How are we going to open this? Nate, come help us. It's yours. You get to knight him. Yes? You can show them. We chose, we chose a sword that was from the Crusades. Pull it out. A little bit, it's got a little bit of the, uh, you know, they put, yeah, they put talc on it. Uh, so we chose one from the Crusades because of the, the, the battle for Christ, the victories that were involved. I mean, there's many, many kind of swords we could have gotten. I would have had a samurai, but anyway. Um, but I knew you'd love this. But here's the deal. Um, it's quite prophetic because you are a warrior. It's big. How in the world they were able to fight fights with these things? They must have been very fit people back then. Okay, let me say this again. Yeah, let me say this again. You are a warrior. You are a teacher. You are a leader. The Word of God is called the sword of the Spirit. It is your greatest weapon. Do battles with the Word. It's a word of grace. It's a word of power. It's a word of faith. Use it to defeat the enemy, to build the church, to reach the lost, and to keep yourself strong. Amy, can you kind of come out here? Yeah. Your turn, honey. Yes, this is my charge. And my tea. Your tea, yes. I see you spilt a little bit of it there. Don't so worry anyway. about the size. Size okay. does not matter here. Rach, this is my charge and my encouragement to you. Yep. And I'm reading it out of Matthew 13, 45 and 46. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. <laughs> when he discovered it, the pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. At the Leadership Collective, I saw your eyes light up when Keith spoke about the pearl of great price. 
One way to interpret the parable is that Jesus is the merchant looking for the pearls and that the church is the pearl of great price. And the church has great value. Jesus gave his all for her, his life. Rach, you have a great value. He gave his all for you. Every time you look at this ring, Sorry, didn't mean to snort in the phone. <laughs> in the phone, on the mic. Every time you look at this ring, know how much he values you and believes in you. Know how much I value you and believe in you. Know also how much he values the church and trusts it to you. I value this church and I entrust it to you. This is a sacred trust, and when you look at that, remind you of the pearl of great price. There's sacrifices in it. There's all sorts of things that go on, but it's worth every bit of it, and you, we trust it to you. Good the... Spent a long time on this makeup this morning. <laughs> as long as you can with like a baby hanging off you. Anyway, <clears throat> I'm going to attempt to get through this without losing it completely. I hate crying. That's the first thing you should know about me is I hate crying. Oh dear. Okay, I wanted to take this moment to honour and thank the people that have been instrumental in this journey. First and foremost, um, to Pastor Keith and Pastor Janet. For their constant belief and encouragement of us and our calling. Thank you for trusting us. Thank you for being obedient to the Lord and showing us all how to live a life of faith, even when it's a little bit scary. Yeah. <sighs> to the board, for their wisdom and their work behind the scenes to get us all to this point so well. We've felt nothing but support yep. and just belief in us it's this whole time. To our parents. For raising us to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. To follow his leading and for setting examples for us of what it looks like to serve God with your whole life. To my dad, you're my hero. This man is a legend. He's been in ministry for more years than I've been alive. And he still loves God and loves the church and is still passionately pursuing out his call. So I love you, Dad. I love you, Tula. To Desi and Ron, thank you, guys. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Thanks for always looking after the kids for us. <laughs> oh. 
to our extended family and friends for your belief and encouragement for being a safe place to just be ourselves and for your unconditional love. Nay and Locke, love you guys. This was Naomi's, you know, shush, my turn. <laughs> Naomi grew up in this church and I never thought that we'd be in this position today. And it was Mrs. Saunders who used to walk us down to Fraser Parade when I'd go over to Naomi's house for a little play and she'd get me up on the stage and she'd make me sing I don't know if you guys even knew that. Huh. Mrs. Saunders would get up and she'd say, go on, get up there and sing, because she saw something on me before I did. <sighs> the staff and the wider church, we love you. <laughs> oh, Jules, you're the best. We count it our privilege to lead you into the future, and we will humbly serve both its people and our city. This has never been a job or a career to us. This has always been about calling. And when you know you've heard God on something, you give it everything you've got. We know as we continue to seek God and put him at the center of all that we do, we're going to see him do incredible things through all of us. Yeah. Thank you for the privilege of allowing us to lead you. We love this church, everyone who calls this place home and the ones who will call it home in the future. We love this city, and we believe that together, partnered with the Holy Spirit, our greatest days are ahead. Yep. First, first and foremost, I would like to uh, honour my wife. Um, when we began uh, talking about this, uh, many, many years ago and the calling that we felt was on our lives. Um, for both of us, it's been a journey to actually get to a point where we acknowledge what God has put in us. Um, but uh, we always committed to do things together. This was never a me thing. It was always an us thing. Um, and if it wasn't going to be an us thing, we weren't going to do it. Um, because I believe that that when you get married, God places a calling on you as a one. And I just want to honour H for doing the journey with God to get to a point where we step into this together, for allowing the spirit to stir in her, uh, the true call that is on her life. Um, and so I just, I want to honour you and I love you and I wouldn't be doing this without you, uh, but I'm glad that we do it together. So... You all know that I'm very emotional. I live life to its emotive extremes. It has its benefits. But it has its shadows, one of which is trying to do a significant moment speech uh, without getting emotional. I'm yet to accomplish it, so we'll see how we go. The greatest way to honour a legacy is not to talk about it, it's to continue building it. To build from it and to continue what was started. God has always worked in generations. Abraham received the promise of the whole land, but acquired a small field of it. The promise was no less true from God, but it took multiple generations for Abraham's descendants to get close to the fullness of it. Yeah, Rachel and I recognize that victory first and foremost is God's church. 
He has called us to steward and lead it for this season. And we intend to do it with all that we've got. And one day we will hand it on ourselves to somebody else. Because we believe that the calling and the mission of God is bigger than one season. We believe that it had a beginning, but it goes on and on, and it's about generations. We believe he will continue to build and extend God's kingdom through it. One of the greatest um, privileges of my life was to marry into a family with a legacy of chasing after God and building his church. I know dad has written a book, it's yet to be released. I think it's like what, number four, book four, five, four. But he sent Rachel and I a, a copy uh, in advance and I was reading it the other night. And I want to I read a bit out of it, if that's all right. I already put it on Instagram, so it's too late. Um, he writes this. He says, here's the point. To use an American saying, well, that was fitting. God is fixing to do it again. It won't be the same way. The new wine will always be better. And there are many of us that are looking, waiting, and watching. How will our mighty God pour himself out over new generations of people? And send them with a thundering charge. Full tilt at the dark. What will it look like? None of us are completely sure. But one thing is certain. It will be a new thing. And those of us from previous generations who say the old wine is better, say it at our peril. They will be a generation of church builders who possess passion, Wisdom, resilience, faith, people skills, technological skills, spiritual gifts, leadership, a teachable heart and strength born out of joy, plus everything else that is required. Magnificent churches will spring up and multitudes will be given the opportunity to respond. I believe this is so prophetic. I believe that we are a part of that generation. And I believe victory will be one of those magnificent churches. In saying this, the truth is that the church is the living, breathing people of God. It is you. It is you, and it is you in the overflow. It is the people. And so although Rachel and I take responsibility for leading, for casting the vision that we receive from God, its outworking is accomplished in you. And so the amount of the promise of God that we see fulfilled in victory in the next season rests on Rachel and I, but also on you. I believe that God is capable of doing exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. But he wants to do it through you. I believe victory will grow but because you grow. I believe victory will expand because you are willing to stretch. I believe victory will be a place of the tangible presence of God because its people are so hungry for it. 
I believe victory is a place where people meet Jesus because you invite them. Rachel and I are ready to see what God has for victory. My question to you is, are you ready to see what he has for you? We're going we're gonna to shift gears now, though. Um, and, you know, it's an incredible privilege to step into the leadership of this church. Uh, but in doing that, um, we want to make sure that it's, it's evident about what Pastor Keith and Janet are stepping into. Uh, and I want to share, if I can, just, just a very small passage of Scripture. It comes from 1 Kings. It's a story of Elijah meeting Elisha and, and Elijah recognizing that there was something on Elisha's life. And it's in 1 Kings 19, 19, you find this sort of story. And it says, so Elisha went and found, Elijah went and found Elisha. He was plowing a field with a team of oxen. There were 11 teams of oxen ahead of him and he was plowing with the 12th team. The 12 inch scripture is so often related to authority. And Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and walked away. You know, in the Old Testament, the cloak is, is what was representative of the mantle of anointing and authority that a prophet carried. They would, they would have a cloak and it was, people would see it from a distance and it would represent that they were a prophet of God, that they would speak on his behalf. And, and it's this moment that initiates the recognition that there was an anointing on Elisha to one day step into the mantle that Elijah was carrying. There's this one point here. It says, as they, verse 11, as they were walking along and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared, drawn by horses of fire. It drove between them, separating them, and Elijah was carried by the whirlwind into heaven. Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and charioteers of Israel. And as they disappeared from sight, Elisha tore his robe in two. I'm not going to do that. I like my clothes. <laughs> then Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak and returned to the bank of the Jordan River. He struck the water with the cloak and cried out, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And the river divided, and Elisha went across. It says, And the group of prophets from Jericho saw what happened, and they exclaimed, Elisha has become Elijah's successor. It's incredible. That, that moment is 11 to 12 years since the moment in the field. And I realized the other day, I said to Pastor Keith, you know, I've been, I've been a part of Victory for 12 years. Never underestimate the level of detail at which God is at work in his plan. And you know, Elisha, Elijah, he was taken away by the purpose of God in that moment. And we don't believe that Pastor Keith and Janet are suddenly going to be taken up into heaven or anything like that, but we do believe they're being taken into a new calling. We believe that, yes, as one mantle passes, there is a, there is a fresh fire that is coming on their lives yeah. for the call that God has for them. Yeah. And the first thing that Rachel and I want to do as the leaders of Victory is we want to anoint and commission uh, Pastor Keith and Janet into the calling that we see on their lives. Uh, we want to acknowledge that and we want to essentially, uh, uh, with 
with your blessing and prayer, we want to commission them into the, the role of Pastor Emeritus, an honorary role, uh, a role that releases them uh, into a continuation of the calling to minister to the people of God that we see on their lives. Uh, there's three reasons that we really feel to do this. Number one, uh, it's, it's, it's a commissioning from this house that recognizes the call that is on their life. It enables them to remain connected to victory. Uh, they, will be, they, they will be accredited, uh, ordained, if you will, as pastor emeritus of C3 Victory. This will remain their home, but it will enable them to go out uh, and minister into other churches, uh, taking wisdom, experience, and the anointing that's on their life out into the wider, uh, further reaches of the kingdom of God. Um, and lastly, it's, it's about covering. Uh, it's so that they don't do that uh, without being covered by a church that believes in them, believes in the calling that's on their life, uh, and believes that that's not finished, um, that a leadership shift has occurred, but that a calling has not ended.